Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, December 4th. The ceasefire between Israel and terrorist group Hamas has ended and the violence has returned. What will it take to bring this conflict to an end? We discuss with Michael Link, professor of law at Western University and former UN Special Rapporteur for the Palestinian Territory. Next, is it possible to avoid gaining the Christmas 10? We get some advice from our on-call family physician, Dr. Ted Jablonski, on how to successfully stick to your health and wellness goals during the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. We tally up your donations and discuss the impact your generosity will have with John Voss, Regional Program Director with Chorus Entertainment and Chairman of the Board for the Calgary Children's Foundation. Israel saying they have taken and out and killed a key Hamas commander over the weekend responsible for the October 7 attacks that left about 1,200 Israelis dead. With all the latest details on what's going on in the Gaza, uh, the Gaza Strip, the Gaza area this morning, we're joined this morning by Michael Link, Professor Emeritus of the Faculty of Law at Western University, former United Nations Special Rapporteur for the Palestinian Territory from 2016 through 2022. Good morning to you, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Sue. How are you? Uh, I'm well, thank you, and, and thanks for bringing us the latest on this situation. What do we know about what happened on Sunday that killed this key Hamas leader who was responsible for that October 7th attack? Well, there's been a very intense bombing uh, by, and shelling by Israel throughout the center and south of, uh, of Gaza. Remember that uh, the Gaza Strip prior to October 7th was already one of the most densely populated areas in the world. You now have most of the population in the north having moved uh, to the south. Uh, and this probably is within the south almost the most densely populated area, at least temporarily right now. You have intensive bombing and shelling by Israel looking for um, probably Hamas targets. But I must say, also being relatively indifferent at the very best uh, to the civilian death toll. We, The latest reports now with respect to the civilian death toll is almost 16,000 uh, uh, Palestinians have been killed since uh, uh, October 7th, and there's likely or, or a possibility of somewhere up to 6,000 more who are missing, buried under um, uh, rubble of homes that uh, there's no equipment available to be able to clear that rubble to see to retrieve the bodies there. So um, we're, we're seeing probably in, uh, more uh, Hamas leaders killed or more Hamas militants killed, but at an extraordinary civilian death toll. Mm. Michael, the ceasefire was in place, ended on Friday after seven days. Why wasn't this truce able to be extended any further, and were there efforts to extend it? There were extraordinary efforts to, to extend, um, I think, extended by the United States together with Qatar, which has been the mediating country uh, between uh, Israel and uh, uh, and Hamas. As we know, Hamas, there are Hamas political leaders who are living in Qatar. Um, and the negotiations were this four-way negotiations between Israel, Hamas, the United States, and, and Qatar. It probably depends upon who you uh, wind up listening to. Israel claimed that um, uh, Qatar hadn't followed through on some of its previous commitments. Um, Qatar saying that, or sorry, that Hamas had been following through on its previous commitments. Hamas saying uh, that they were uh, there was more details to no negotiated, but a, uh, a temporary truce could have been continued with more, the release of more um, Israeli hostages and more Israeli, uh, Palestinian detainees. Um, it's not entirely clear as to why it broke down. Let's talk a little bit, Michael, about uh, hostages. Luckily, thankfully, some of the hostages were freed and a prisoner swap taken care of that. But how many hostages do we know who, how many are still being held by Hamas at this point? 
Well, I believe the figure is roughly 130 um, uh, that are being still being held. Uh, these would include uh, probably older um, uh, and male uh, Israelis, as well as uh, Israeli soldiers uh, who who had been um, kidnapped or or held hostage uh, or captured uh, on October 7th. Um, I believe, um, from what I'm hearing, I believe, believe that the argument from Hamas is that they they are demanding a higher price. Uh, for the release of um, uh, certainly of the soldiers that they uh, that they have, um, and keep in mind we're also talking about Palestinian detainees as well. There's been more Palestinians arrested in the West Bank uh, since October 7th than have been released uh, through the uh, through the hostage detainee exchanges uh, over the last uh, eight weeks. Michael, do we know just how much aid and supplies uh, made it in to the Gaza Strip during the ceasefire, and, and is it enough to make a difference to address the humanitarian crisis we've been hearing so much? Well, about? The, the short the short answer would be not not nearly enough. Um, if if we are following what um, um, international uh, humanitarian agencies and the United Nations are saying, it was a trickle that had uh, was able to enter uh, into uh, into Gaza. They were able to temporarily address food needs, more medical supplies, more tents. Uh, for housing for the 1.8 million people in, in Gaza that have been displaced since October 7th. Um, but that is all stopped. There's nothing now entering uh, into Gaza. Um, and so there, we, we, again, are facing the issue of a shortage of food, a shortage of water, no electricity, no place for uh, human sanitation, um, and um, and the likelihood, as the World Health Organization has stated, of, a, of the spread of disease, which could substantially increase uh, the number of Palestinians facing uh, uh, facing mortality. Michael, is there likely to be another humanitarian pause and perhaps an exchange of more hostages for prisoners? Do you, do you think we'll see that again? Um, it probably depends upon the course of this uh, of this offensive by Israel in the uh, in the south. Um, it's impossible for Israel uh, to wind up. Um, Trying to uh, trying to attack Hamas targets without um, uh, involving huge numbers of Palestinian civilian casualties. And as we know, uh, international humanitarian law is very much uh, tries to separate the distinction between uh, combatants or soldiers on the one hand and civilians on the other. And that's not uh, what it, what is um, what is happening here. The head of the International Committee of the Red Cross uh, had said uh, today that the level of human suffering in Gaza is. Uh, is intolerable. Um, uh, others have said that the um, uh, that the figures are um, are astronomical and have been long calling for for a ceasefire. So virtually every uh, the head of every UN agency that has um, uh, that has that is, has operations in the Gaza Strip has, has long been calling for a, uh, a ceasefire. Um, it's hard to see how. Um, Israel can wind up um, selecting and uh, and targeting Hamas figures in in southern uh, Gaza uh, without this huge civilian uh, death toll. Thank you so much for the update, Michael. We appreciate your insight. Thank you very much, Andy and Sue, for me. Thank you. Michael Link, Professor Emeritus, Faculty of Law at Western University, United Nations Special Rapporteur for the Palestinian Territory between the years of 2016 and 2022. And it's beginning to look a lot like uh, the busiest time of the year with work Christmas parties, holiday gatherings with friends, family, and neighbors, and, of course, 
With this busy social season comes the risk of overindulging in all the delicious eats, treats, and drinks that are readily available. How can we enjoy this time but not essentially go off the rails? I'm not looking at you, Sue, but I am. When it comes <laughs> to our diets and our overall health. So with some tips, we're joined by Dr. Ted Javlonski, our on-call family physician. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. So, you know, I, I think there's almost two schools of thought here. You very much try to keep things on the rails and follow your program, or you say all bets are off. I am going hog wild for the next 30 days, and maybe we'll straighten things out again in January. That probably is the wrong way to think, isn't it? Absolutely. This is all relative. Ugh. It should never be thought in absolute sort of black and white terms. Certainly trying to lose weight during Christmas is probably not a great strategy. It's not going to work, but it doesn't mean you have to gain excess weight. You can maybe just gain a little bit and then rein it right back in in January. So it's all about that relative balance. Everything, and you're going to hear me say over and over, less less is more during this time. Don't be such a party pooper, Dr. J. <laughs> it's well, true, hey, though, know. right? Because what do we do? We overeat, we overindulge, and then we regret it the next day and the day after and the month after because we keep doing it. Absolutely. It doesn't mean this is a time we can absolutely enjoy it. There's lots of things to enjoy, but it's all about do I really want to do that and how much of that do I want to do, whether we're talking about eating, whether we're talking about alcohol consumption, uh, staying up way too late, not getting enough sleep. Everything is a decision that we can make and rein it in just a little bit, right? I can mm -hmm. still go to that party, but I come home a little bit earlier. I have one less drink or two less drinks because I really want to feel better the next morning, and that's fine. So I can still really, really enjoy it and enjoy all that the season has by just reining it in just that little bit. Do you think part of it is the construct, not that, uh, you know, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is a construct, it's on the calendar, we flip the calendar, but the fact that we have given us a, 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 almost a, a pass, ourselves a pass to say, I will have a New Year's resolution, whereas you could probably start uh, onto a healthier path, for example, on today, December 4th, and be further ahead into the new year. Yeah, I think this is a bit of planning ahead. And there's no reason not to do that. Try to keep your routine if you can. You know, everything sort of falls off the rails, uh, you know, and then that's like exercising. I have no time for it. It's too busy. As opposed to, okay, I have less time. I can still do a little bit of a workout. I still get outside, go for a quick walk. If it's not an hour, I do 15 minutes, but I still do 15 minutes. You know, I watch all these things. I don't stress out over having everything be perfect right? Everything doesn't have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Sometimes just the simple things in life are, are the things that really uh, are special at Christmas. Um, you know, it's just at a, a Christmas party and this uh, discussion came out. It's just how, how sometimes we, we uh, think of how everything, every, everyone else is doing things and we have to do similar things as opposed to what's really important for my family. And it might be just sitting around and playing a simple board game. You know, no expense, lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Everyone enjoys it. Why not just do that? Just keep it really, really simple, and that, that leads to a way better time anyway. And let's face it, Dr. J, we've chatted with you, you know, every week through 2023. So we get lots of great information about you. And, you know, two of them that, that kind of popped to my head right now of the topics that we really covered that were important, and it was just recently, eating too much, weight around the middle may have a tie to dementia. And then yep. there's, you know, the new alcohol limits too. So those are all things that we sadly do need to think about through the holidays when we often overindulge, right? 
Absolutely. So just don't overindulge. <laughs> it sounds so simple, eh? You know, the, there's no reason why we can't, again, enjoy things and enjoy, uh, enjoy the season, enjoy our families and friends and just have a great time. But we don't have to go there where in the past everyone seemed to do. This was the, the season to, to go crazy and just let it all, all go, right? And we don't have to do that. We can keep, we can keep a, a nice routine and still enjoy everything. Could part of it be, you know, during this time of the year with friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, whatever it might be, a lot of the times it comes down to a potluck situation that you take personal responsibility to bring something other than the regular fare, which I find is well, delicious, tons of cheese, you know, the alcohol yeah. items and lots of sweets, maybe bring some healthier options literally to the table? Oh, there's no reason not to. Or even with the things that are, you know, considered less healthy, um, we don't have to eat every single thing on the table, even if we know those are things we actually don't even enjoy, right? Oh, but every Christmas we have to eat this or have to eat that. No, and maybe not, right? But yeah, there are healthy choices that are uh, that taste fantastic. So yeah, there's no reason not to think a little bit uh, on on that uh, and bring that to the buffet or choose those things at the buffet. You don't have to eat, have to eat every single thing on the buffet table. Andy. Um, Dr. J, <laughs> <laughs> and we're all guilty, let's face it. Um, you, you've talk, talked about it a little bit, and I know you're, you know, you're a runner, so you're big on, on exercise. But, you know, how much time really, honestly? You, we talked about it kind of getting out and just doing it. Stop talking about, oh, I don't have half an hour to put in. Just from a, a, you know, a physician's perspective, if we did a little bit every day, how much does that little bit actually need to be? do you think well we talk about 150 minutes a week as the standard uh exercise which breaks down into 30 minutes five days a week but during this time hey maybe it isn't even that you know can but can we get out 15 minutes even for a quick walk and get outside you know enjoy the fresh air um uh, you know, if there's a sun out and it's in the daytime, get get out there because that just revives us so so much. So I would say even that uh, as low as 15 to 20 minutes a day during this time when it's really, really busy is better than not. I have no time. I can't do anything. You've got 15 or 20 minutes to do it. But the standard 30 minutes, five five times a week at least is, is your ideal. And the time, I mean, as far as we know, the malls are going to be packed. We're going to be spending time at the malls. And you see so many people fighting for that stall within the first five stalls from the door to park a little further, to right. maybe uh, skip the elevator. These are things we can incorporate without adding too much time, right, Dr. J? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the notion of parking a little farther away and, and walking a little farther, although at this time of year, that's going to be reality whether you like it or yeah, not. True. But, but, but there's no reason why we can't do things like that. Exactly. You know, walk around the mall a little bit uh, longer, look at a few more things or... Um, you know, go run up and down the stairs instead of taking the elevator. These little things help. Everything, every little thing helps. So again, not that absolute black and white. Everything is a relative balance here. Every little thing helps, and our Dr. J helps us every single week. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Really appreciate your time. Have a great week. You betcha. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. He is a wild one. Another successful pledge day is in the rearview mirror. It was an amazing experience on Friday. Donations coming in to make a huge difference right here in our very own community, all going to the Calgary Children's Foundation. With an update on the dollars raised, thanks to your generosity, we're joined this morning by Chorus Radio Regional Program Director and most importantly, Chair of the Board mm -hmm. for the Calgary Children's Foundation, John Voss. Thanks for having me on. Thanks Although I'm not us. sure if you had a choice. But <laughs> There's that. It's you a told pleasure. us we it's had to. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah.
staff, for those that are on the radio land, I brought a folder wow. which has all of the information from Pledge Day. That so it kind of makes things... You're prepared. Yes, I'm very prepared. Hey, yeah, it was a great day. You know, um, folks that are on the air that do just an enormous lift and do a ton of work, but then it's it's our listeners, right? And I, mm-hmm. I've heard you speaking about it this morning, and it's, you know, those small steps along the path that help us get to a goal and help us to help a bunch of different charities in this city. And that, that thing, that part of it is really fulfilling. And the other one, you also alluded to it. I'm not even sure why I'm here talking about anything. You guys have already talked about this. <laughs> uh, is, you know, the the sense of community yeah. and that people like to come down and see radio people and hang out at the Westin. And Great. feel that vibe, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, like the Westin is such an awesome partner and so is Global Calgary and bringing the attention to these these various charities that we fund every year. So, fantastic day. So, yeah, we'll shoot the puck, Foss, and <laughs> what's what's the amount? Uh, yeah, so we've raised $180,000. Wow. So, that's just fantastic. Yes. And I like, I feel so uh, thank you doesn't seem enough because I know that what's happening in this community, we tell a lot of those stories mm-hmm. about some of the, the challenges around the economy and interest rates and you know all those things that come at you, especially they come really into focus around Christmas time. So that, that piece where people come in and help in such a defined way is just Fantastic. Truly. Yeah, 12 hours, $180,000 in the you know state of the economy that we're all in. I think that is fantastic. And I don't think we can highlight enough, and we did as much as we could on Friday, the 26 choices that were made that I heard you talking with Rob Breckenridge about the agonizing part because it, it is only 26. It could have been 260. Yeah, so that's, that's a great thing to talk about. So this spring, we'll put out uh, an ask for people to apply for funding. And then the board, uh, there's uh, some radio folks that are on it, some folks from Global, and then some people from the community. We go through step by step and decide and try to determine which yeah. will get a piece of this that's funding. Tough, it's right? hard, right? Because we, I think last year we were 40 plus and, you know, 26 is darn good, but we can only fund so many charities so that piece is really central and and we we really spent some time in in walking through the criteria of helping kids oh, that's a simple criteria but we also look at those that are not as well healed and don't have the, the capability and ability to fundraise on their own and then lastly we want to be able to share their story so those are the things that we really bring into focus when we walk through it we've got uh, board members that will also walk through the the group's financials so you know if they're already super well healed then do they need four or five thousand dollars from the calgary mm-hmm. children's foundation maybe but more often than not it's the, it's those small things we, kind of the, the gold standard this past year we told the story a bunch of times with uh, uh, jammies from grannies yes. right? like so th- it's those kind of things that that we're able to help with and help in a real significant way because i know it helped them a ton i love um that you know we focused a, not all obviously but on mental health was you know a, a focus with a number of the charities for 2023 i would suspect for 2024 as well it's such an important thing that we need to look at there's just so many so many great organizations and charities that gosh wouldn't you just love to fund them all because they, they do such important work right here in our community i think that's the great part the money stays right here the money stays here and you know that when we talk about the mental well-being of young kids that has always been one of the pieces that we we try to weave into it in the last two three maybe four years we said look at let's let's put a a different 
bit of a different lens on this so that we can look at that mental well-being that help with kids so the kids help phone and those kind of mm-hmm. the distress center all of those yeah. those places that are they're helping kids you know wade through the 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 spillage the you know the overflow from covid and the challenges that that delivered and you know the the well-being of this community is so central to the, the long-term success and it's interesting because we we only we do 12 hours. It's 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We could do a lot more, but that's our, you know, we put the fine point on it the first Friday of December. But all year, for example, with the Hero of the Month, and I know mm-hmm. this week, uh, this year month is one transport yeah. group, and uh, Rob Kessler and his crew, what they do, the partners we have all year, I think, signify the importance of the charity. Is that something that appeals to you? Yeah, well, like, and they get they get something out of it too, right? Because I think every you know uh, organization that really really wants to be part of this community understands that criteria that you got to give back, sure. that you got to do something back. You can't just you know take all the money and run you got to find some way to help and the, you know the one transport groups another the, you know Wade Kozak has been with us for miles and miles uh, pop carmelli uh, like those groups uh, Patricia from Bo West, yes. and she, like she came on and told just the most heartwarming story about her own family struggles with addiction, and so it really brings kind of a clarion focus to these things. And you, they're they're in it too, right? You, you don't know what's happening in, in people's organizations exactly. and lives, and so that usually is a call to action for a lot of groups too, because they know the the things that are happening in this community and that if they can find a way to help in some small measure they will and then you look at the the individuals right who who maybe are having a tough year but they found a way to give twenty dollars or they found a way to you know collectively through their family donate a hundred dollars or whatever it might be that's the part that brings it home for me is that you know i, I almost feel more special when you see a twenty dollar mm-hmm. donation because yeah. you feel like maybe they had a really tough go and that's that's a stretch for them this year it's something else like around this time I'll start to get uh, letters in the post uh, from some of our mature, more mature listeners. And it's this lovely cursive writing. I told this story before from Betty. And, you know, it's a check. And it's, you know, the the epitome of the widow's might, right? They're giving a, a, a little piece of, and they don't have much to give, mm-hmm. but they want to help. And that's, that's emblematic of all the different groups is that they want to help. And so this is a great vehicle. And you know, I can't thank, uh, can't thank our audience and our listeners enough because they are very, very generous. So true. Just online at calgarychildrenfoundation.com. The donate button is still there. It's, it's still, still there, active. and you can donate. And, Thank you. And I'm putting some heat on you right now because I'm reading here on the About Us, and I, you can also find out the Hero of the Month every month on mm-hmm. calgarychildrenfoundation.com. And it says about us, in 1974, CHQR Radio created Light Up a Child's Life, which became the first pledge day. So next year's the 50th. Yeah. What are oh, we going to wow. do? I know. I know. We better make this bigger and, and, it's, and better. It's a real interesting story, right? Because it's changed. The face of it has changed a lot, right? The, the light up a child's life, if you remember, it used to be called the Calgary Inn. It's now the, the Calgary West. And, and uh, what people would do is they bring a donation, and then they would have these big uh, uh, plywood setups on the balcony, and they would put lights, Christmas lights, and every light, every 
$2 donation, they would put a light bulb in. And so they put a bunch of lights on the outside of the West. And that's how it all started. And that's what it's built on. And then the Pledge Day thing grew in the early 90s. And really, that's where we found our home and found that consistent connection with uh, audience. Well, we need to put our thinking caps on for the Mm -hmm. 50th next year. Thank you, everyone who contributed. Thank you for everyone who made Pledge Day uh, such a massive success, all in support of the Calgary Children's Foundation. Thanks, John. Okay.